Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to a special bonus episode of No Small Roles, a D&D podcast where there are no small roles, but loads of books in and out of game. (laughs) (laughs) So many books. So many books. My name is Daryl Bailey and in a slight change of proceedings, I will be your dungeon master. Oh, the fans, I can hear them coming. Oh, the Patreon subscriptions. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yes, I will be your dungeon master for a special expedition through an adventure in Counterkeep Mysteries. With me at the virtual table are most of our regular crew, Grace, Ben, Vicky, and David, as all players. Say hello, everyone. Hello. hello. We've got baby David in the crew. Yeah. Getting to play. I've crossed enemy lines. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on the other side of the He's table. coming on an adventure with us. We're going to just sacrifice him. Yay. <laughs> I'm joking, of course. Wouldn't be the first time. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> That's some character foreshadowing for everyone. <laughs> Backstory. 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 Whilst we foreshadow the family feud, let's cue the theme tune. So, set many hundreds of years before the main No Small Roles campaign, the Maestani family are an interesting clan of dragonborns. Whilst on a quest for one of her many contacts, Rox found an abandoned egg and took pity on it. And hatching it, it made her the mother of dragonborns. <sighs> or mum to the twins, Ray and Dar. Motherhood wasn't going to hold her back from adventuring, and so the twins were already rather skilled by the age of five when they found another egg and presented Mum with their little brother, Dax. Hi. 
Shut up, Dax. Shut up, Dax. Shut up, all of you, and let Daryl talk. (laughs) (laughs) The Maestani Brood have been hired for many a dangerous mission due to their various skills and Mum's clandestine network of contacts. From pirate ships to deals with Feywild, the Maestani never stay in one place too long, as long as it's on to the next adventure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're adventuring family. Dragonborn. <laughs> so, to inform the listeners of our mission, the Maestanis have been hired by a wizard named Rydia Lyodon, a member of the Harpers, a network of adventurers who seek to correct the balance and free their oppressed throughout the world. They have been hired to enter Candlekeep and find the play The Curious Tale of Wisteria Vale. Enter into the demiplane, find Errant Quill, and cure his corruption from evil. So, the Maestarly family are currently on a ship bound for Port Garvey, little port town that is attached to Candlekeep Citadel. The ship emerges out of a heavy fog and emerges into clear, clear blue skies and a bright sun. You hear the cries of Land Ho, and in the distance you see the great citadel up atop a mountain top. The ship arrives into port, no problem whatsoever, and after you've been at sea for about three weeks, you are glad to reach dry land. Who is the first person off the boat? I think it is Mum. It is Mum. <laughs> Rux Maestani, please, would you like to enlighten the listeners as to who you are and what you look like? Yeah, so Rox Maestani is a towering wall of a dragonborn woman. She looks a bit like she's rusted, so she's sort of reds and golds with flecks of a sort of light bluey green at the end of her tendrils and scales. She's got an unreadable expression, like she could wrap you up in a hug or flip out and throw you across the room at a moment's notice. She loves a drink, she loves a game of three dragon ante and enjoys ordering her drinks on the rocks with a wink. Hey. <laughs> uh, yes. I bet she does. She does, yeah. She has an air of grounded power and rules over her clan with what can seem like a detached and borderline neglectful attitude. But deep down, <laughs> she knows that if you cannot fend for yourself, you're doomed. And she knows that she won't always be there to protect her clan. So she she knows she's doing best for them, even if they don't necessarily appreciate that at first. And she's happy to be regarded as mum, but equally as rocks by by her sort of impromptu family. Um, she's had some dealings with the Harpers before and has heard of Rilia. So as she sort of comes off the ship, that's sort of her expectations. And following behind are the rest of the Mayastanis. <laughs> rocks has left the boat so quickly that the first mate didn't get a chance to say, Oi! I know you paid for your, your passage, but at least give us a hand with the decking. Right, you. And this person points their finger at Dax and says, look, carry these lot off the ship. At least give us a hand, eh? Yeah, go on, Dax. Yeah, Dax. Be helpful for once. What? Oi, leave him be, but Dax, get a bloody move on. What am I meant to be carrying? The deck. What? <laughs> <laughs> so Dax, played by Ben, please introduce yourself and your character. Um, Dax is the youngest and indeed the shortest of the four dragonborn making their way off the ship. He has bright blue scales that catch in the light and thunder yellow eyes that sometimes seem to go dark almost like ocean depths um, when casting spells. 
He's dressed in slightly oversized, homemade-looking robes, decorated with octopi and other sea creatures around the robes. And he's carrying a wand in his hand, which looks suspiciously like the sort of wand you'd find in a beginner's magic set in any uh, marketplace for a few silver. (laughs) It's adorable. Um, The first mate loads you up with a few of the crates. They're just full of stuff like spices, carpets, gems ready for trade. It's very heavy and you're struggling to get off the deck. Oh, Seeing this, one of the ship hands runs up, speaks quietly, like, look, I've I've been watching you guys for, for weeks and uh, your siblings, they treat you quite harshly. I, I'm really sorry about that. No, here, let me let me help a bit. And like, he grabs two of the crates off you and he looks around quickly and like, he sneaks off to make sure the first mate doesn't catch him and he just thrusts them into Ray's hands. Here, it's about time you learn to share the load, eh? And he trots off back to carry on loading. Um, Ray, would you like to introduce yourself? As he goes off, Ray gives him a very like sarcastic, like mm, sort of look. She definitely can carry these boxes. She is an athletic, built-looking green dragonborn of about five nine. Her hair-like tendrils are slicked back, and they blend out to blue tips at the end. Her blue eyes reflect the colour of her twin brother Dar, who hatched from the same egg. Mum certainly got more than she bargained for with twins. Um, But her style, it's kind of like a mix of goth, jock, (laughs) but fantasy. Yes. Uh, Amazing. (laughs) Yeah, like sports, but goth. (laughs) Sports. Sports goth. Uh, She wears a gold tooth on a chain around her neck, uh, which she has for good luck. It also may have come out of somebody's mouth when they got uh, on the wrong side of her. And she is she's pretty confident. She's got a swagger to her. She's as confident with um, her sports sporting skills. She's good with a discus. Uh, you can tell that I know all about sports. Um, <laughs> discus, shot put, hammer, you know, all that sort of thing. And she is very confident of her rapier skills as Ray is a swashbuckling rogue full of youthful arrogance, charm and immature humour. As she makes fart noises, looking at Dax and pretending that Dax is farting. (laughs) Dax, stop farting yourself. (laughs) Is that even a thing? It doesn't even make sense. Uh, It doesn't have to make sense. Stop farting yourself. It's making the smell, like, so it doesn't have to make sense. Ray, just carry the boxes. Yeah, Ray. I'm carrying the boxes. Carry the boxes. Just carry the boxes, Ray. Uh, Ray, you hear in your head from Dax, psionically, yeah, just carry the boxes, Ray. Oh, Ray glares. And uh, can I try and trip him over? Yeah, of course. <laughs> what would that be? Would he be an attack roll? Or a sleight of hand? She's trying to do it sneaky. Can I make a deck save? Yeah, deck save versus sleight of hand. Ooh. Um, 21. Oh, I rolled a non-natural 20. Oh. <laughs> wow. So she tries to trip you up. Dax, you do see it. You see it coming. She's been doing this your whole life. You're so used to it. But unfortunately, with the load in your hand, you just like, you you do try to jump it, but like she catches you a little bit and you trip. You rolled pretty high, so you don't lose the grip of the box because that would be disastrous because these guys do want to trade this stuff. And you manage to catch yourselves and you fall right into the arms of your sibling, Dar. (sighs) Dax. Get off of me. Dar is... He's raised twin. You would have thought that grown in the same egg, they'd both come out green, but he has come out navy blue. 
I don't know, maybe because she's slightly bigger and took up more oxygen in the egg. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows why? The Danny DeVito to her Arnold Schwarzenegger. Exactly. <laughs> Twins. But he's, um, yeah, he's, he's about half an inch taller than her on a good day if he stands up straight. And he's got um, his sort of crest tendrils tied back in a little circlet of roots and bark. Um, his leather jerkin and breeches are all different shades of mud and earth. He's got his exposed arms uh, and up and down his arms hint toward his druidic uh, experience and his time in the Fey realm because his scales have almost started turning into shapes of leaves and petals and, and branches winding up his arms. Beautiful. It's something that he's quite proud of, but also the circumstances for him ending up in the Fae have made him rather paranoid even it of his family. Building, it right? was character building, alright? It was not character building, mum. It was not character building. You sold me for a year and a day and that is something that's very different from character building, isn't it, mum? I was only ten. You would not be the druid you are had you not spent time in the Fae realm. Yeah, no. I'd probably be a lot saner and a lot less paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be hearing voices on the wind wherever I go, you know? <laughs> Dax just does some voices in Dar's head. Just ironically. <laughs> I know your voice, little Dax. I know your voice. Okay. And whilst I'm at it, Mum casts Mage Hand and gives Ray a clip round the ear hole for uh, tripping over Dax. <laughs> <laughs> and after Rox has done that, you just see Dax cast a little Mage Hand as well and it just goes for the other ear. Hey-ya! See, this is the trouble with Dax, is that he just can't have his own thing. I thought it was going to be fun when we, we found a little leg. Oh, nice, nice little sibling. No, yeah. came up blue didn't he had to copy big brother dar didn't he i'm sapphire colored i'm not just i'm not the same blue as you i'm sapphire colored yeah 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 i'm a sapphire dragonborn dar you know that not all dragonborns look the same you're not going to be that dragonborn are you that thinks that just because you're loosely the same color no i know we're all different but he why did he have to be blue that's all i'm saying i'm sapphire blue it's a completely different blue and I'm not turning into a leaf, unlike some people. Mum, can you have a word? No. <laughs> Dar, what's your armour class? Mine? Yeah. Uh, 16? <laughs> uh, Dar's, Dar's armour is 16. 16. So you just hear this splat against your chest as an orange has been chucked from uh, the wheel. The steering wheel? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway, any frequent <laughs> listeners of No Small Rules knows that our boat terminology is excellent. <laughs> The helm. It's the helm. The helm of the ship as the captain has thrown an orange at you. And she, like, you've not heard her say this for the past minute. Get off the ship. <laughs> Please leave. <laughs> three weeks of this. We're gone. Oh, We're gone. Three weeks. We're gone. Three weeks of um, this. Yeah, I'd like to apologize get for my family. Off to my the life. ship. <laughs> I've been in your life for three weeks. Now get off my ship so you can get out of it. Go. Stinks anyway. Yeah, it's the worst ship I've ever been on. The worst ship. The moment that he does see the fruit flying in, Dax casts Mage Armor on himself. He grabs his little uh, one silver piece wand and sort of flicks it over his body. And there's just a slight shimmering oh. glow around the outside of it. Dax Amazing. is so frigging cute. No, he's not. <laughs> he's definitely not, Mum. But... Definitely not. And he smells so. Yeah. <laughs> his feet are far too big. <laughs> and his face is just funny what is going on with his face so weird this is the point where mum turns to drink <laughs> I'm pick up the orange and start nibbling on it as we leave okay you, you've stepped off the ship and you enter the bustle of Port Garvey very bustling but fairly small uh, port town lots of various different people from all over the world 
predominantly like if you were to catch on any kind of particular body shape of anyone you see a lot of leonin around in humans or like the vast majority of people and some um, tabaxi as well but it's very busy um it's full of sailors people who have come from all over to trade and amongst the crowd dar you notice that um there is one tabaxi um uh, shirtless um loose sorrel pants headscarf as well and they've got this like white sign with Mayastani <laughs> written on it but um there's no Y it's like M-A-I-A oh. and then S-T-A-H-N-I Mayastani they've been left to their own devices like uh uh Mayastani uh which which one uh anyone called Mayastani which uh yep 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 if you could just put the sign away would you like to go a bit under the radar right oh yeah is that why we're called that mum that makes a lot of sense That's actually not. <laughs> but let's say yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm missing something here. What am I missing entirely on this? Ray We're and Ray Dar. Ray Dar. Oh. The twins. <laughs> Which is not on purpose at all. Vicky did name us as well. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah well, yeah, I suppose if me and Grace combine, we become Ray Docs almost. Oh, yeah. Oh, soothing. Ray also, yeah. you think um, Dax is a hair care product very popular with afro-caribbean community it is like an incredibly oily waxy hair food <laughs> to be fair that is a very good description of dax yeah <laughs> no not he said in a really oily waxy voice <laughs> no, not just oily wax but though who are you me rock slash mum says with a bit of a like flirt <laughs> uh, uh, my name is uh, uh, Koji. Uh, I've been uh, I've, I've been uh, instructed to to meet to meet you and and, and guide you to to Candle Keep. You can guide me wherever you want, honey. Oh. Mom. <laughs> yes, ma'am. And uh, the sign he has in his hand just <laughs> goes up in flame, and he like chucks the ashes. Oh. Uh, follow me this way, this way, and he leads you um, up the winding path from the docks and into the city proper. Yeah, it's a it's big city. It's I'd say city. It's a town, and no high-rise buildings. All kind of like medium heights. It's just full of market sellers, fishmongers, that kind of thing. And I'd say after about an hour walk, just north through the town, as soon as you go up the path, you can see in the distance what you assume is Candlekeep. It's the biggest thing on the island. And standing atop a rocky crag overlooking the town is the massive citadel of Candlekeep. Candlekeep has endured the elements for centuries and defied the degradations of time. And it's visible for miles around, of course, and it has an eye-catching silhouette, a high wall interspersed with towers. This wall encloses a large space from which more towers rise. Those who behold the edifice say it looks nothing so much as a cake decorated with an overabundance of candles. <laughs> Koji takes you up the path called the Way of the Lion and you arrive at the main gatehouse. Well, um, this, this, is, uh, this is as far as I've been instructed to take her. So um, they're a bit particular in there. I've never been in there myself, but um, are the best, you know, whatever it is you're doing. I'll, I'll leave you know. Unless you want to maybe meet in a tavern later, Koji. Um, um, I've got a ship to um, <clears throat> escape to. Um, I mean, I mean, um, uh, I mean, uh, attend to. Uh, yeah. Uh, bye, bye. And he like he legs it. Bye, Koji. <laughs> bye. bye, Uncle Koji. And as he hears your voice, 
Roxy trips over a rock. <laughs> <laughs> Tries to style it out by walking down the path. You're losing your touch, Mum. Oh, is it because you're getting old? Please. Is that, yeah, please, you need some help. You hush. <laughs> and the, the mage hand, like, hovers by him. Dar hears psionically in his head, go on, say another thing. Shut up, Dar. <laughs> when I turn to look at you, Dax, I'm just going to cast Primal Savagery just so my face shifts into a slightly more aggressive, toothier <laughs> look. Oh my, oh my gosh. So what? Are we meeting someone here? What, what are we doing, Mum? We're going into Candlekeep to look for this Rillia. To teach Dax how to read. Ha, ha, ha. No. Now, it's really important if we want to get this reward that you guys tow the line. What's the reward again? I don't remember any of this. 5,000 gold pieces. 5,000 gold pieces to do what? Walk into a town? No, we don't know yet, but you guys know the score. We got to lay low. We got to get in there. We got to get the task. (sighs) When we're back on the road, you guys can jibber jabber all your jibber jabber in all you want. But while we're in town, we lay low, we get the task, we get the job done. Are we Mayastanis or are we not? Are we Mayastanis? We are There's no competition if you already know your win. Exactly. Are you approaching the gate? Yes. Let's do it. Okay. Um, you approach the gate and atop the wall of the gatehouse, there are two soldiers at the top in um, chainmail, spears, bows, and they call down, state your business. We're, we're here to, to look in the library. Ha! And the other god tosses him like a coin. <laughs> Every time I've heard that today. You're here to look at the library. How original. Why are you really here? To look in the library. To find a book. Why else would people come to a library? Yeah, we don't really go to school. Yeah, poor Ray. This one here. The, the booger-coloured one. Uh, she needs educating. <laughs> we all need educating. We all need to look at some books and learn some stuff because we haven't had a proper education. Uh, some of us are just naturally talented, so we don't really need to. Uh, maybe saying. we do need to read a book or Yeah, two. you need to read a book, Dax. Uh-huh. All right, state your real business. Why are you here? We're just going to have to ask you to leave. Fine, we're here to have a night in a tavern. We're here on holiday. You can find taverns back in Port Garvey. You don't need to be here. We don't need to be here, but we we want to we want to stay up near the cake. Huh? <laughs> the building that looks like a cake. We want to stay near the cake. I like to do best by my kids. I like to take them on a good holiday. The guard who's been speaking, he's really confused. He has a really puzzled look on his face. He looks at the other guard. You know, the guard's like he does the cutting motion with his hand, going nah. All right, get lost. Fair enough. Fair enough. We need to get in Mom, though, Mum. We need to get in there, Mum. Mum gathers them in and is like, we got to do plan B, kids. What's plan B? They ain't letting us in the normal way. We've got to come up with a magic plan, right? Uh... All right. Um, I look at the three of you and I just shove Mum. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'd like to use, as I am a Circle of the Dreams druid, mm-hmm. I would like to use one of my hidden paths. What? And teleport her up on top of the wall. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. She's never been prouder. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to shout up, Plan B. (laughs) Um, As you say that, the guards just stiffen and Rox kind of looks like she's like about to flash away, but instead she like lands back in place. But. So Rox has not moved. But. Mum. With that. (laughs) (laughs) Rox disappears. She disappears. (laughs) Yep. What? Mum? 
the other guard um, nods at the other one and he touches his two fingers to his forehead and he looks back at the other guard and nods and the other guard draws his short bow. Whoa! Hey, calm down! Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, guys, why can't we come in? We just need a book. Oh, come on, everyone needs a It's a giant library. You think we haven't heard that every day? If it's a library, surely people are supposed to come in and look at the books. That's yeah. the whole point of a library. What else are they going to come and look for? You couldn't give us a sufficient reason why you're here other than to give a sarky answer, knowing how heavily guarded this place is, and you tried to use magic to forcefully enter the keep with summoning reinforcements. Technically, it wasn't magic. Technically, I just pushed her through a little hidden path that the little fairies told me about. Yeah. Whilst this has been going on, what Rox has been trying to achieve is, is there like, is it like a locked gate? Yes, huge locked gate. Oh, is it like massive? It's 15 feet high. What my plan was, was to just literally just sort of go up behind them and give them a a tiny little push off the wall. But I didn't realise there was a locked gate, which I think that the character would have realised. So can I just take it back? (laughs) Yeah, of course you can. Um, I didn't describe the gate to you. The gate is, oh, it's it's wide. I'd say it's like maybe a hundred feet. It's, it's as wide as you can see because it's a narrow path and all around you is the ocean. Um, So it's as wide as you can see. It's 15 foot high. The two guards you're speaking to are on top of the gate looking down upon you. And as they're speaking to you, you can hear soft but multiple footfalls along the gangways at the top of the wall. How Sorry, how tall did you say the wall was that they're on? Sorry. 15 feet. 15 feet. Okay. Um... So, Rox, you're not doing your the invisible thingy doo doo. No, no, no worries. Can yeah, I, 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 did, I misread the situation. Yeah, it was Vicky rather than the character. Can I cast Charm Person on them both, please? Yeah, you do. You can certainly try. Oh! <laughs> um, they need to make a Wisdom saving throw each, please. DC seventeen. Can you cast it on both of them? Yep, I'm casting it. Sorry, I'm casting it at second level. I should have stated that. I'm oh. casting it at second level. <laughs> okay. Um, one that called for reinforcements saves, and the one that's been chatting to you fails. Okay. Um, and then I'll just shout up to them. See, we just want... All we want is a book. We just need the curious tale of Wisteria Vale, and that's all we want. Oh, wouldn't you say that in the first place? You know, we said state your business, and he gave us a whole load of rubbish. And the other one says... What are you doing? Like, they clearly just use magic on you, you damn fool. <laughs> this is why you... Give me my gold back. Come on, give it back. And the other soldiers, um, one of them um, is in a slightly different uniform, says, what is happening here? What, what's going on? And they look over the wall at you. A tall figure, a big great sword on his back, uh, dreadlocked hair, thick armour. Says, who the bloody hell are you lot? What's your business? How many of them are there? There are ten of them. Ooh. Ooh, it's quite a lot. Mm. You show up at the wars, you're casting magic on the guards, you try to enter illegally by flying through. State your business now, or we will force you to leave. I just look at Ray. We have come to get a book. It's a library. We would very much like to get it. We've been on a boat for a long time. We're cranky. We apologise for not necessarily going about things the right way. How do we go about things the right way? That's where uh, Rox disappears. Continue what you're doing, but that's where she does actually disappear with a plan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The guard captain is going to insight check you for five. 
he's throwing his brow at you, but even from the distance that you have between you, he can say that he doesn't really want to make a fracas at like starting a fight in front of the gate. <sighs> Looking at all of you, it doesn't look like you uh, you've been around here before, have you? Nope. First no. time. First time. Hmm. All right. All right. Stand down for now, but keep keep on your guard, guys. And they all like relax their guard a bit. All right. You're here to get a book. Yeah. From you just saying get implies that you have no idea how things run around here. One does not take a book from a candle keep. One does not simply walk into Candlekeep. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the captain nods and says, one does not simply walk into Candlekeep and must be submitted to the questions. Ooh, all right. It's a quiz. First of all, who are you here for? You said you're on, here on the behalf of someone. Is that right? I want the guard that um, summoned the captain said yes. They said they're on the behalf of somebody. What What, what was it again? They shout off to you. Rillia. Rillia? Rillia Lyodon. Lyodon? Yeah, do you know her? And yeah, the captain like nods at the other guys and he sends them off. They kind of like begrudgingly like walk backwards a bit and they walk back towards their posts. You have been sent by Rillia. Okay. But still, you must answer this next question. And he like, he takes a deep breath and says, are you children of the mother? Um, We're children of mum. Yeah. Yeah. Technically, aren't we all children of mothers? Open the gate. Yeah. What? See, that was definitely my answer that, that got that, yeah? Whatever. Fine. Uh, in, when mum disappeared, she ran as far as she could, climbed the gate over the other side and ran invisi- invisibly as far as she could. Invisibly? Um, as soon as she climbed to the top of the gate, whoosh, you would have just reappeared. And the guard captain just, like, stops and looks at you. Where do you think you're going? With these guys. This is mum. She's mum. Come on, mum. Yeah, I'm the mum. She's a bit senile. Thanks for letting us in. Oh, yeah, yeah. senile. Thanks, buddy. Hold my hand, children. I don't know where I am anymore. <laughs> you're on top of the wall. Go on, down you get, mum. Down you get. I'm down the wall, mum. Yeah. Sometimes I get confused. I'll be keeping an eye on you. She'll like that. Yeah. <laughs> and and mum puts down she's got these uh goggles that look like eagle eyes and she puts them down and turns around and then sachets away <laughs> <laughs> the guard captain he watches you climb down and then he looks towards the big tower in the middle and he stays on the wall and um he says you lot wait here enter through the gate but proceed no further someone's here to see you and after about maybe about 10, 15 minutes. An older man has come towards you. Um, a human, dark skin. He has a soft cloth hat, um, long flowing robes. He's got a horrid gait in his step. And he's, he's looking over and he calls up to the guard captain. Lauren, which, which one is it? Which one? Which one? All of these lot down here. And he looks over you all and his eyes stop and fix on Dax. He says, that pin. You really have come from the Huppers. Yeah. I see. You are here for the the book, no? Yeah, um play, I think. Okay, okay, okay. Did you I hope nothing happened to you, right? You weren't attacked or anything or They weren't very pleasant to us. 
Yeah. They should really have a sign up on the gate saying what it is that you need to say to get in. Yes. Yeah. We said we were here for a book and then they started shouting us and then... They said, no, you can't just be here for like, a book. Don't feel very welcome here, really. Yeah. And yeah. then Dar tried to teleport mum into the building and they didn't like that. The last library that I went to, you were just allowed to teleport wherever and they gave you wine when you came in as well. Do you guys have wine? What? You couldn't drink wine. Just because you can't drink wine doesn't mean we can't drink wine. What? They give you wine. He can drink wine if he wants to drink wine. He's not old enough to drink wine. You said he can only drink beer. Beer is a children's drink. Wine is a grown-up's drink. Thank you. Wine's for adults. I want to drink wine. You can have some wine. She sort of gives him her flask and says, (laughs) have some wine if you want that. Just don't drink too much or you'll be drunk. Mum, you know what happens to his farts when he drinks wine. Enough about his farts. They stink, though. Sorry, can you take us to the book, please? (laughs) <laughs> the man has watched you patiently with this exchange with a really puzzled look on his face like the hoppers sent you uh uh-huh. yeah. yeah okay on behalf of the god of knowledge I profusely apologise for the way you've been treated at the gate um my name is Daral Yashenti <laughs> I am a great reader at uh Kando Keep <laughs> Darrell. 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 I'm not even making this up. This is the dude's name. Yes. Darrell. He's one of the highest ranking members Are you sure of the. Sure, you just keep. didn't want to put yourself in the mystery. Mm. I know this is an Easter egg. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's really <laughs> not. It's the guy's name. <laughs> Every character is going to be Darrell. Darrell. What was his surname? Sorry. Darrell. What was Darrell's surname? Yashenti. Yashenti. Yeah. Yeah, Bali. <laughs> that is excellent, Daryl. So, Daryl, um, are you going to lead us to our book? Or, um, or do we just go roaming? I No, I cannot lead you. Um, I have far too many tasks on hand. Um, Would you like another task on hand? <laughs> Mom. Oh, is that like three people you flirted with in like four minutes? Two. As flattering <laughs> as it is, uh, madam, I am... Um, I am I am sworn to to the tombs. Uh, my service is here. Um, <clears throat> I'm a I'm a great leader. One of eight highly ranked members of the Citadel. Just um, adds to the allure. Oh. <laughs> and he's he's getting a bit flustered. He's 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 he's, he's like you know rubbing the back of his head. Um, he fans his shirt a bit. But uh, no, I I I, I cannot. Uh, I cannot guide you. We we can give you a guide, but first I must alert the keeper of the tomes that you are here. Uh, the keeper of the tomes is the highest ranked member within the citadel, and to pass through the emerald door to get into the citadel proper, I must first introduce you or announce your presence. Uh, please, please follow me. Does this keeper of the tomes have a name? Yes, uh, Archmage Janusi. She has been a keeper here for for three hundred years. Wow. wow. She's almost as old as mum. Oi, watch it. <laughs> I must, uh, again, uh, apologise for how you are treated at the gate. Uh, in the past uh, three years, we have suffered uh, a calamity here and uh, involved a great many of losses were incurred here and damage that is uh, irreparable to the morale of the Citadel. Well, then that sounds fair enough that you'd be a bit arsy at the gates, right? Thank you for being so understanding. You know, we had friends turn against us and it's uh, not an easy thing to see your friends cut down by your other friends who have been turned 
truly a tragedy, but we have recovered. Turned? What do you mean, turned? Um, three years ago, a celestial of some sort had uh, escaped from their realm mm-hmm. and t- t- tried to take this land and one of our sister cities and then enfold it into her celestial realm. Fortunately, a company of heroes from uh, Tinabula, a sister city, had put a stop to this celestial's plans, but uh, not without great cost. These, uh, these terrorists, we are calling them, they call themselves children of their mother. They have been tempered by this celestial's will, but uh, bringing down this celestial helped keep the place safe. So children of the mother is a bad thing? They were. We, uh, we cannot account, even though the celestial is gone from this place, we fear that some of the effects that she left behind are still with us today, so we have to be extra cautious of people travelling through here. You must understand. We are pretty arsy ourselves, to be honest. Yeah. And to be fair, your gods did say, are you the children of the mother? And these three said, yes. We said we're the children of mum. Yeah. You, which we are. Yes. Well, she's not an evil celestial, I don't think. She's just an old dragonborn. Yeah. Yeah. Less of the old, more of the dragonborn. She's an old dragonborn dragonborn? <laughs> Darren, if you could take us in the right direction, let's just... Yes, I think that is for the best. Oh, also, so you know, um, Gideon was also on the front lines when the attack happened, so he's extra cautious of strangers coming through. Oh, is that one of those guards? He's the guard captain. The guard captain. Yeah. Not the one that's now our friend for the next hour. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the other one. <laughs> It's funny because magic is the only way Dax can make friends. Oh, that's cruel. Yeah, because Dar, you are dripping with friends. <laughs> your best friend is your sister. Just because mate. you can't see them, and also Ray is a very good friend. There's nothing wrong. We we are hatchlings from the same egg. From shell to hell. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Shell to hell. Yeah. You two are cracked. <laughs> um, I assume you're following um Darrell across the yeah, we are. court of air huge courtyard um, there's a few buildings just to your left overseeing the cliff sides towards the ocean but you're getting straight across the court of air and you can see the emerald door which is the main point of access to the inner ward it stands at the western end of the court it is 15 feet tall just as tall as the gatehouse and it is made of translucent dark green stone that glows with an inner light oh I want a house made of that. <laughs> that was Vicky, not Mum, just exclaiming. <laughs> you approach the gate and there is a hooded man at the gate. This is Ishmael, who is the keeper of the gate today. Ishmael, um, please, um, Janusi is uh, expecting us within the inner ward. Please grant this company access to the inner ward so they can make conduct their business on behalf of the Harpers. And um, Ishmael, the, the guy at the gate, nods. He traces his fingers in the air. And runes suddenly appear on the door. And where the door is smooth and you can't see any lines or any handles or anything like that, a split goes straight up through the middle of the door. You hear this earth and rock splitting as the door opens. And you get access to go inside to the inner courtyard. Mm-hmm. Inside the inner courtyard is... It's, it's, it's a citadel. It's a huge huge citadel the first thing you see is a large large building um gray stones um green rooftops and a large spire silvery spire at the top um, and daryl informs you that this place is called exaltation exaltation Ooh. yeah 
Exaltation is the place where the avowed live. And the avowed are the name of the people who work and live within Candlekeep. And the higher ranking members sleep near the top and afforded bigger, more spacious rooms. But, you know, there's the full works there. There's workspaces, there's kitchens, just everything you need to like live pretty comfortably here. And um, Daryl is heading towards the, the entrance of it, which is a straight shot from the Emerald Door, straight to straight ahead, about 200 feet to the front entrance, where you see um, a tall drow woman with short cropped hair, long flowing blue robes, a staff with a like, a like a sun at the top and it's strange like you know how you have the rays of a sun like point off it when you see a, like maybe a child or a sun like the points that illustrate the rays aren't attached to the sphere at the top of this staff that illustrate the sun it's kind of just like hovering there but stuck in place yeah she awaits you and she she nods like a kind of half nod bow towards daryl but daryl like bows deeper and says, uh, please may I introduce Archmage Jonasu, the keeper of the tombs, who is uh, aware of your mission. I shall leave you here, um, keeper. And um, he bows again and he, he scurries off. Thanks, Daryl. Um, he looks back and just like um, Koji, he, he trips over a rock <laughs> 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 as he scuttles off. You have quite the effect on them, don't you, Mum? When did you learn to be such a lippy little shit? <laughs> just saying. She's just jealous, Mum. True story. Not interested. <laughs> it's nice to meet you, Genosi. Likewise. Welcome to Candlekeep. I trust you weren't received too harshly at the gate. It's nothing we ain't seen before, right, kids? Yeah. Yeah. You bet. It's very rare they all agree like that, so I take this as a win. <laughs> <laughs> and she chuckles um, and says, I see. Thank you. Well, I assume that um, you are here for the playtext, I assume. Yeah. Yeah, it's a curious one, that one. A curious one, you say? Well, yeah, it is curious. Well, we have kept this one locked up within the Great Library, within the within stacks, we call it. Stacks of rare acquisitions that have uh, the potential to be dangerous. Things like forbidden knowledge or port keys or anything like that. Um, we keep them within stacks to keep away from prying eyes. Only great readers, the first reader and myself, are aware of wisteria veil so please trust that your mission will be kept to the utmost secrecy but these lot don't have any friends so we've got no one to tell thanks mum she 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 wryly smiles at them all janice's eyes go from left to right thinking and then just nods like right okay (laughs) and she um she clicks her fingers and out of nowhere there's a carriage just appears just appears and a unicorn leading it (gasps) <gasps> and this is like it's not like a white unicorn it's like it's purple it's got like a rainbow mane um it's what flickering and it's preening it's like oh kind of God. like preening its hooves a bit it makes me really sad because like mom is gonna be really nonchalant about it but yeah. i vicky am so <laughs> pumped Darryl, <laughs> i think ray's like icy put on exterior that she's been doing just like cracks and she's just like Ah, unicorn! <laughs> oh my god, that's so cool! <laughs> it's kind of cool. Uh, if you please. And like she gestures towards the carriage, and the doors just open up, and stairs just fold out, just uh, one by one to lead into the carriage. It's big enough to fit everyone inside. And please, 
Uh, step inside. Mum, this is the swankiest gig you've ever got us. Yeah, we've never had a unicorn carriage before. Yeah? Act cool and we'll get more like this. Can I insight check the unicorn? Um, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Summoned creatures. They're not always nice. You've encountered some of the creatures Dax has summoned in the past. Mm. Well, I've just, I've lived in a place. You wouldn't get it, Dax. And you live in a place that are surrounded by, by creatures that look one way but act in a different way, you know. Who's that dickhead that's like gone somewhere traveling and he's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, from yeah. that place? Yeah, you wouldn't get it. I've uh, I've lived in the Fey Realm for a year. Um, but I rolled I rolled a twenty four altogether. Um I'll leave this up to your imagining, David, but have you seen a unicorn before? Would you have encountered him in the Fey Realm? Um, I feel like he maybe has. I thought you were asking David that. <laughs> David, have you David encountered many unicorns in your life? Please tell me your experience of unicorns. I've encountered many unicorns in my life. <laughs> yeah, I'd say I'd say Dar has come across unicorns. He's not maybe. I feel like when he was in the Fey Realm, he spent a lot of time just running <laughs> 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 until he like calmed down a bit. So he has seen unicorns, but he's maybe not interacted with a lot of them. Okay, and... He knows how sassy they can be. What is your action towards it? Are you just looking at it, or...? Just looking it up and down, slowly climbing into the carriage. The unicorn... It's its weird. It's a weird sensation, this. But you feel, like, a slight pushing on your on your mood. Just a little little nudge. You don't realise it, but the, the unicorn's looking straight at you, Dar. Mmm. Classic unicorn. It's just flicking its mane at you. <laughs> and with that insight check, you can kind of interpret that it's going... Now look at me. Look how beautiful I am. <laughs> you want to be my friend, right? Look, look at me. Just look at me. <laughs> what is it with fake creatures and just getting in your mood like that? <laughs> Climbing into the carriage. Very much unhappy with the situation. <laughs> Grace here, keeping you updated with all things No Small Roles related. Hello, dear listeners. We hope you're enjoying this adventure in Candlekeep so far. We'll be with the Maestani family for a total of four episodes. So it's a great opportunity to invite your friends to have a listen to No Small Roles in a more compact campaign. And if indeed you are a new listener... A very warm welcome to you. We're a group of actors that all met whilst working for the awesome Open Bar Theatre Company, performing Shakespeare in pub gardens. So you'll notice we're an actual play D&D podcast, heavy on the play. And if you'd like to see any of us in action on stage, you can find Ben on tour around the UK with Dragons and Mythical Beasts, a spectacular puppet show full of fantastical creatures. Vicky will soon be in A Map to You, an immersive experience of short plays at Longfield Hall in London. And I can be found at the Vaults Waterloo in Moulin Rouge, a dragtastic parody mashup and dining experience. You can find out more details on our social media at No Small Roles on Twitter and Instagram. Search No Small Roles on Facebook and there's a link to our Discord in the show notes. Roles is spelt R-O-L-L-S. We always appreciate hearing from our listeners and we especially love it when you drop us a review on iTunes and places like Podchaser. 
it's a great way to help support the podcast. Another brilliant way of supporting is becoming a Patreon member. Head over to patreon.com forward slash no small roles to discover the levels of membership available and a whole range of exciting perks. Shout out to our most recent Patreon, Ashley Dangerfield. What a fantastic name. Big love and big roles to you. We are so grateful for your support. Well, that's all from me for now. Let's get back to Candlekeep. So, you climb into the carriage. Janice um, kind of just glides into the carriage. You know how people have like a slight bounce when they walk? She doesn't have that. Um, she just effectively floats into the carriage. The stairs disappear. Rox's eyes are fixed on her. <laughs> and, um, yeah, off you go. You circle around. You circle around Exaltation. And you're treating into the city. And it's a beautiful city. It's a beautiful day. There are children playing in the street. There are students with books walking to and fro. There are um, philosophers having heated debates in the street. And yeah, you can hear bells calling for lunch. And uh, on your way over, yeah, Genesis will break, break the ice a bit. And says, um, so um, what has Rydia told you about this place and your mission? She basically just said... That we need to come here and get this book to uh, save Errant Quill. Ah, I see. She looks a bit forlorn at that. Yeah, it's truly a, truly a sad tale that. Such a heroic figure. Corrupt. Forgive me, I'm stumbling over my words. It's just disheartening to see that even the best of us may fall to corruption. Those we look up to, to save us in dark times, can then be so influenced by the darkness they have to combat day by day. And succumb to it. Mm. I wish not his fate and the worst of enemies. What happened to him? Rox puts a hand on her knee and says, I understand. She kind of, her eyes just flick up to you and like, she kind of shuffles a bit. <laughs> so her knees point away from your hand. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, of course. Thank you. Reminds me of the tragedy three years ago. Of course, this is a separate matter. Was it similar though? you saying the children of the mother, they... Um... They were turned somehow. Is that what happened with Errant Quill? Yeah. With Errant, it was... I think it was something different. Um, I have read the play myself. The story is markedly similar to what he went through. But yes, I, I think he was touched by something that changed him. Whereas with the children of the mother, that was something hereditary that all the people who turned had, and that was used against them. Their own blood and their own ancestry was used as a weapon against the rest of us. Truly a, truly a nightmare. Well, how can a play save someone? We've been sent here to, we've been sent here to save him with a play? What? Well, I can only assume there's a hint within the text. Maybe you've been given the hint or maybe you can find it better than I can. I didn't pay too much attention to it. I just glanced over it and immediately sensed that the book was magical and decided to store it away. But I assume that there is some kind of invocation within the book or some kind of clue within the text that will allow you access to the demiplane within. That is the kind of magic I sense from the book. The demiplane within? Yes. Errant Quill must be inside still after all this time. He's in the book? Yes. But the book came into our position three years ago. And he's been in there the whole time? Yes. And you believe he's been in the book at that time yes wow that must be why Rydia said you that's the same time as the calamity wasn't it three years ago 
Yes. And we've been given this dagger thing. Why have we got a dagger thing? The dagger? Show me. Rox gets it out. Uh, Genesee takes a sharp intake of air. Like, I... Oh. This is... May I? And she holds out her hands for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she looks at it. This is... This is the same one. How did they find it? This is this very same dagger that gave Quill his scar. (sighs) This must be what corrupted him. And the Harpers may have only just found out how to cure him. And, unfortunately, you may have to strike him with this again. And, like, she hands it back to you. What do you mean, gave him his scar? Well, (sighs) Errant was struck in a battle long ago against a very dark foe that disfigured his face. And after their first fateful encounter began to change, he was driven by thoughts of revenge against this person. And while he was on the side of good, his thoughts of revenge consumed him. So I think the Harpers figured out that the way to reverse this thing is to tamper with the blade, imbue it with some kind of magical property or spell, and for the dagger to pierce his flesh once more and reverse the curse that's been put upon him. So do you think there is magic in this? Yes, of course. Already? They've already imbued it? Yes. That's where you have it. Can I insight check her to see if we believe her that that's the thing that we're actually meant to do or whether she's got like ulterior motives? Of course you can. I would also like to insight check her. Can I insight check the twins? No. (laughs) I don't do very well on that. I got a nine altogether. Um, That's a natural 20 for a total of 22. I'm Ray. (laughs) I rolled a natural 20. I can meet people. (laughs) Um... You get the sense that she is troubled, uh, troubled by the events of three years ago with the attack on um, the Citadel. And also um, she is in a state of uncertainty as to um, how this cure has been found. Okay. You believe that she's telling the truth, but she looks like a bit uncertain, like there are holes in her knowledge. You get the sense that what she's told you are guesses at best. Okay. There's something I want to do, but I can't find it. Oh. What is it, Vix? If it's a spell, I realised I'm not a sorcerer in this game. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! It's Gina the whole time. It was Gina! Um, I just feel like there was something... Yes! Okay. So Rox had put these goggles on, these eagle eyes. They're sort of goggles that look like eagle eyes. Uh, she's just going to have a look at the dagger and cast Detect Magic through them Ooh. to see if there is magic on the dagger. Cool. My inner Orion is very proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> and that is, yeah, using Eldritch Sight. Ooh. Look at me using Warlock Invocations. <sighs> yeah, yeah, Warlock. Dear listeners, I was very nervous about <laughs> playing a Warlock at level 11. <laughs> yes, um, so yeah, you get two schools of magic imbued into the dagger. Mm. You have Abjuration, and enchantment. Ooh. I need my orange quill handy guide to what all the magics do. I need that too, Ben. <laughs> I just like flicking through different books. I mean, I, this whole time I've got the I've got the map of Candor Keep like spread out on my bed so I can reference oh, where we are. Amazing! <laughs> it's a great map. But yeah, that's what you get off the that's what you get off the dagger. Cool, 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 cool. So what you're saying is, we have to take this dagger, jump. Threw a book into a little demiplane, find Quill, stab him, hope that makes him not evil anymore. And she looks, pauses and says, yes. Oh, cool. You're guessing. I'm guessing. Well, 
I'm only guessing because it's really his fault for not giving you all the details. And considering how close she was to him, that she didn't come and do this herself. What is their relationship? Or what was their relationship? Well, they were a team, surely. Uh, if you've heard the legends, they, they fought many a great evil together. They had each other's backs. She always looked out for him. She recruited him into the Harpers, it turns out. He's a Harper too. An ex-Harper. Hmm. I'd like to inside check that, please. <laughs> yeah, inside check. About 12. 12? Seems legit. <laughs> um, doesn't take long. Um, you've been in the carriage for about maybe like uh, 15 minutes and the unicorn stops. You hear that. The, the carriage doors open, the steps appear. Janissi glides out first and says, we've arrived at the Great Library. Please step this way. Okay. We do. <laughs> Ray, like, kind of just goes to stroke the unicorn before following. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. The unicorn lowers its head. Mm, Ray. And then turns its neck to the side. She gives it scratches. <laughs> and it neighs in pleasure. <laughs> you are fabulous. <laughs> I want to scratch the unicorn. No, Dax. This is your last chance to scratch the unicorn because then we really do need to go. Yeah. I pick Dax up to stop him from getting close to the uh... unicorn. Dog gets a mage hand around the ear, man. <laughs> Mum, I will take that. But yeah, you will take that. I think it's safer for everyone to leave to leave this unicorn alone. It's too late for Ray. I reach out with my mage hand and scratch the unicorn with my mage hand. Ah, <laughs> I'm sorry for these. I'm sorry for these three. Janusi is like she hasn't turned fully away from the door. She's kind of like half turned, like sighs, goes, "Yeah, I know. It's a beautiful unicorn." <laughs> Ray whispers into the ear of the unicorn, "Never change." <laughs> and uh and then after like giving it a last little scritchy uh stroke she 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 goes to join people and Rox then turns to <laughs> genesee and says that is not the most beautiful thing here and gives her a <laughs> wink <laughs> mom <laughs> Rox alienates the inhabitants of candlekeep one by one <laughs> by flirting with everyone by flirting yep. her way through the courtyard yep we were finding our characters and I found mine she's gonna get lucky at some point she's gonna get lucky at some point yeah, yeah. yeah. it's just a numbers Rox game Rox flirts Dax goes mom <laughs> <laughs> Um, in a puff of smoke, like poof, poof, um, the unicorn and the carriage disappear. Whoa. I put Dax down. <laughs> You're safe now. You're safe. I create a little puff of smoke as I get put on the floor, just with prestidigitation. Just like, and make a unicorn smell. Whatever I think a unicorn smells like. <laughs> just smell like candy floss. It smells like horse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a horse that's eaten candy floss and then done a candy floss fart. That's why the smell I make. <laughs> Dax, you are obsessed with farts. <laughs> um, yeah, you arrive at the Great Library. And when I say to you guys, like not the characters, you guys, a library, what do you expect to see? Books. Oops. Books. Uh, like those little metal detecting things at the door. <laughs> Shelves. Out of date computers. Yeah. 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 Um, open book theatre company, probably doing a production of Alice in Wonderland. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Potentially on an aerial rig. 
Summer 2022. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, can't wait to see that. I definitely like go for the like you know the classic Beauty and the Beast when he reveals the library to her. Oh, like that's the image yeah. I get in my head of like that beautiful like tall ladders and beautiful bookcases and everything neat and ordered. Mm. Whenever I think of a library, I think of Sutton Library. Funnily mm, enough, yeah. <laughs> A really nondescript library. But Sutton Library was big. Like, it was so much bigger than my nearest library, Banstead Library. So going to Sutton Library, we used to do that before we went on holiday to get, like, our holiday books. Thank you, Ben. It is more special. It's more special than maybe I thought. Good. But, yeah, that's where my head always goes. It's a big library, Sutton Library. It's a big library. Maybe it was when I was 10. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this definition of library is none of those. (laughs) When I say the Great Library, it is a collection of buildings ah. imagine the british library in london it's one building this is like a small city of buildings wow. all in case in books what you notice about them is that there's no uniformity towards um, the buildings they've all got different shapes and sizes uh, and junissi explains that well um the avowed um throughout their journeys through the world in the acquisition of these tomes have um, housed the books in towers that represented the culture where they came from so they've replicated with their magics the buildings of the countries and nations that they're from so they all look different but we are going this way towards Stax and she um, right in the middle of the inner ward towards the northernmost wall um, is another building with a spire like a like a castle top and the two guards nod and bow towards um, Janusi and um, they open the doors and you enter one of the buildings and inside it's wall to ceiling of books it's probably about 100 feet high um there are That's like definitely bigger than Sutton Library Ben <laughs> <laughs> there are kind of like platforms that like are whizzing wow. around on the shelves just spinning around more people walking with books it's very quiet in here but it's very spacious um you look straight up and there's like a glass um kind of like a stained glass ceiling there are like 12 symbols in circles around the top there are a few fairies flying. Do, do we recognise the symbols or are they decorative? Or? Um, you you do not cool. recognise the symbols. Mm-hmm. You can inter that they do represent something, but it's not something you've been familiar with. Mm-hmm. Uh, you assume it's just something associated with this side of the world. Mm-hmm. You enter into the building and there is a reception desk. And at the desk you see two men. One is an elvish man, dark skin, plaited hair, um, sword strapped to his back. And the other is a human looking man, like brown skin, um, long flowing, kind of ceremonial robes, as it were. And it looks like you're at the end of their conversation. Um, the elvish man says, look, here, here are the last of my journals. The sealing spell is inscribed as requested. That's my bit, mate. Um, it's past time I've done and moved on. Um, to which the human replies, oh, of course, this is more than enough. Uh, we have both of us been through so much in getting this place under control. But uh, as a key, I wish you well. I hope this is not the last time I see you. No, <laughs> it shan't. If you need my help, though, I'll come as quick as I can. The two exchange like a, a very firm and brotherly embrace. And the Irish man turns and uh, walks past you in your direction and as he sees you um, he just he looks you all over and he sees Janessi and he gives a very polite nod and 
she deeply bows to him and says, Sir Teleri, thank you. We cannot thank you enough for your help in defence of our keep during the folding, wherever your travels may take you. I wish you all the, all the best. Thank you, Genussi. Uh, don't embroil the newcomers in there anything too dangerous, will you? This place has seen enough danger for one lifetime. Very well, travellers. And the man walks out the door. Can I insight check him as he goes? <laughs> <laughs> of course. I'll cast Disintegrate, <laughs> if I may. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't trust him. I rolled a natural one. <laughs> i got no idea who this guy is. <laughs> um, no, you don't know who he is if you insight check for that reason. Um, you cast Disintegrate and then there's a time paradox and Cavalcade never happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a time paradox because Ben, remember, didn't select it. Oh, <laughs> Genesee says, well, um, I have duties to attend to. I think I should. Oh, Master Hadan. Oh, oh yes. Would you be so kind as to guide this company here towards Stacks? Oh, right. Of course. Um, please, thank you, uh, leader. Thank you. Um, she turns to you all, and she says, "I heartily hope your mission succeeds. Luckbringer's blessing. All the best." And then um, she glides towards one of the um, other chambers within the library. Your unicorn was cool. Thanks. She waves her hand. <laughs> she glides. <laughs> Many attempts have been made to save Errant Quill. Um, Hamza, um, the man, um, human man, is tall, human, brown skin. There's a scar right across his uh, face. And he's Hamza Hadan, yeah? Yeah, Hamza Al Hadan. I'll, I'll type it up. Hamza Al Hadan. Yes. Um, tall, human, male, um, brown skin, kind of like a pointy, kind of like short beard. It's kind of slicked. He's wearing like form-fitting robes. They seem quite loose. Um, you can see his build is quite it's quite lean. He's wearing he's wearing glasses. He's got a ledger in his hands. Yeah, and he and he answers questions and says, "Well, uh, uh, nobody has tried to rescue Master Quill. He's a complicated case, as Junusi has said. Uh, things were very hectic in the time when he was imprisoned within the book. So." No one has tried to rescue him, for there hasn't been a known method of saving him. Until now. Rox gets out the dagger and, like, does a... on the side of her face and winks. <laughs> Careful with the dagger, Mom. Yeah, you're going to cut yourself with that. He grins at that and says, And so that is why you are here. That is why we are here. I see. Ah, <laughs> uh, really, uh, she is a clever one. If you want the best, you get the Maestanis. Oh, the Maestanis, you are called. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, okay. For whence do you hail? I am not familiar with many parts east of uh, Tinabula. Well, would you like to come to Maestane? <laughs> he chuckles at that. He said, My, you are a bold one, are you not? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's uh, definitely some place I want to think about to head east. Um, trying to get uh, my friend to take another journey across the world, but he is uh, very reluctant and keen. I'm retiring, but uh, maybe not in the near future. Come, Stax is this way, I shall show you. And he takes you deep within the archives, a few winding paths, 
you go down um, here, there's a there's a stone like that stone is a wood door with the runes on it. As he touches it, a keyhole appears. Um, he takes a key out of his pocket and locks it. Um, follow me. And he takes this winding staircase down, down, walking down for like five minutes and into stacks. And um, there's a greenish glow. The smell of musty book is everywhere. And um, he leads you into one alcove. There's a desk, piles of books everywhere. And it looks so disorganized here. There's no uniformity to the books. They're all of different shapes and sizes. Some of the books have chains across them as well. And he stops for a minute, he looks left and right. And then he points just above his left shoulder. And then a slim green volume floats out and drops into his hand. And on it, you can see written in common, the curious tale of Wisteria Vale. He holds the book, kind of in awe. And he's like, ah, this would have been another adventure, but uh, <laughs> maybe I should take a line out of my friend's book and uh, leave these two. And he looks at you guys, simple professionals. That's what we are. I'm a simple arithmetician, and you guys look like uh, professionals. Yeah, we're professional. So he puts the book on the table. He lights the torches, ensconced in like glass, and says, "I shall await you in the alcove just around here." Um, how you enter the book, I'm sure you can find a way, but I shall be waiting for your return. Um, there's not much I can do. I don't. There's no communication between the realms, so whenever you go inside, you will be on your own. But I shall be waiting for you when you return. How exactly do we just get in the book? Well, I assume there's some hint within the text that will tell you. I know not what it is, but... Uh, must be why we need fresh eyes to discern this thing. We just need to use the power of imagination, Dar. Thank you, Dax. <laughs> Maybe that works. But uh, I'm not the one to, who is equipped for that. Like I said, literature is not my thing. It's not Dar's thing either. I can read. Thank you, Hamza. You've been very useful. He bows and he, like, turns the corner. And, yeah, he, he sits. You can still see him. He's just sat um, and he's grabbed another book and he's reading through. Socially distanced. <laughs> Very respectful. I'm glad he left his mask on while he was near. Her as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, you have the book in front of you. What are you doing? We're going to read it, right? I say we stab it. That's the <laughs> point, right? We're stabbing a book. No, Dar, we're not stabbing the book. We're stabbing we're the jumping man. Jumping into the book and then stabbing a man, yeah. We're stabbing a man in the book. If we can get in. Well, Ray's really good at stabbing. Yeah. So that is one of my pretty good skills. So with no warning, Rox just sort of tosses the dagger towards Ray for her to catch. <laughs> she tries to catch it. <laughs> Make a dexterity check. Okay. This is why I cast Mage Armor early. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is a 17 to catch the dagger. Nice. Nice. Um, it just comes, you see the blade is turning, blade over handle, and you just watch it, and you just whoosh, snatch it out there. No problem. Nice, Ray. Very nice. Very nice. Thanks, yeah. Mum. Round of applause. Hold on to this. Give me some warning next time. <laughs> Who's got the book at the moment? It's on the table. I'm going to flick it open. Yeah. Cool. You flick it open, and you see the play, um, there are like a contents page, and it says Act 1, Act 2, and Act 3. 
Start at the beginning. Let's get reading. Yeah. Or do we want to see how it ends quickly? Read the last page and then skip ahead? No spoilers, dar. Well, if we know how it ends, then if we see how it ends, maybe we can figure it out how to stop getting to the end. Yeah. I don't know. I want to know if there's any danger. If we're going to jump into a play, yeah. things might happen. No, not if. When we jump into a play. Sure. When we jump into a play, it's probably worth knowing if, I don't know, on the last page it says, oh, and then suddenly Dax explodes. What? Okay. Why would I explode? Rox is going to flip it back. I'm not going to be in the play anyway. Go on, Dar, Have a read. Well, I don't have know. A it's a magical of, book. Have a read of the last page, Dar. I don't want it to say, and then Ray turns around and stabs everybody else with a fancy new dagger. What does the last page say? Um, are you reading the last page? Yeah, yeah. Just reading the last page. Just the last page so far. Well, the whole text is in here, but I've got a story breakdown for each of the acts. That's what I've got. Nice. But um, I say, yeah, Dar, you you look into the play, and for some reason, the final line of the play is sticking sticking in your mind for some reason. Um, the line reads, "We lift up our light to reveal what is hidden." And banish the darkness forever. Where's my pen? Where's my pen? I need to write that down. All right, to reveal what is hidden and banish the darkness And forever. banish the darkness forever. We lift up our light to reveal what is hidden and banish the darkness forever. Uh, well, I think we might need some more context. I mean, I've got lights. And um, Dax makes four dancing lights appear around them and lifts them up like four little, like four of the candles that that were lit earlier by Hamza. So what happens? Where are the lights? Uh, Just around around the four of them reading the book. Um, How are they positioned? (laughs) Oh, uh, like in a square around the four of us sat around reading the book. Like on each corner around us, if we're sat around a table looking at the book. Okay. Should we start at the beginning then? Well, yes. That was the next step. Nobody got stabbed. I don't know why Dax decided to light some lights. Because it said we lift up our light. Well, I don't know why you wanted to read the the ending. So let's just read and stop the bickering. If it just said and then everybody dies, the end. Rox reads out the first line. Dax waves his, his little magic wand and the candle disappear. So, Rox, you start reading. You just think, oh, I'll just read the first line. But you can't tear your eyes away. You get really into it. This book is pretty good to read. And before you know it, you've read through the first act and you're able to summarise the story. The protagonist, Vargan, lives out a peaceful childhood in the village of Wisteria Vale. Vargan is a boy with a penchant for storytelling and a knack for magic. During the day, Vargan helps his parents on the farm, and in the evening, he performs in the tavern to the delight of all the villagers. When Vargan is on the cusp of adulthood, the cruel lord Ephraim Rathwar visits Wisteria Vale, demanding drink, food, and a place for him and his retinue to stay. When the hospitality isn't to his liking, he burns down the village. Whoa. Lord Rathmore leaves Vargan alive as a witness to his village's punishment but not before slashing him across the face with a crystal dagger. The event changes Vargan forever, and he vows to bring down the pitiless lord and prevent him from hurting anyone ever again. That's Act 1. So that is Act 1. Wow. Yeah. 
you doing anything else or do you want to discuss it between you or didn't someone say am i getting this wrong that errant quill had a cut face yeah yeah and that dagger in this act sounds a lot like that dagger that we got this dagger here in my hand that dagger there in your hands okay so errant quill is in this play and possibly playing the character of Vargan. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Possibly. With the information we've got. Shall we read Act 2? <sighs> okay. <laughs> Can you do it with voices, though, this time, Mum? <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Vargan tracks down Lord Rathmore. Oi, Lord Rathmore! <laughs> come on, you've got to come in! <laughs> in a bustling city... Apples and pears my sweet red roses. Much better. <laughs> Unsure how to proceed, the young bard starts asking around the city for information. Does anybody have any information? <laughs> he is approached by a wizard. I'm a wizard. Who tells him <laughs> that she belongs to a secret group. Looking to bring down Lord Rathmore. I belong to a secret group. Looking to bring down Lord Rathmore. And others who have been corrupted by evil. The wizard invites Vargan to join the secret organisation. Would you like to join the secret organisation? And he agrees. Yes, I would love to. Becoming a member of the Harpers. Welcome to the Harpers. With the aid of information from the Harpers, have some information. Vargan sneaks into Lord Rathmore's manor during a banquet disguised as a performer. (laughs) It's not me, I'm performing. Ring-a-ding-ding. And dispatches Rathmore once and for all. Ha-ha! Although his quest for vengeance has been fulfilled, Vargan is obsessed with the fact that many other corrupt and evil people exist across the land. Many other corrupt and evil people still exist across the land! And that only people like him and the Harpers can stop them. Mm. And that's what, like, that's what we're in now, isn't it, as well? Because, like, we're doing, like, Harper stuff. Yeah. Mm. Maybe the wizard was um, Vilia. Yeah. If they work together as a partnership. So is this play based on, is it like a history play? Is it like one of those um, Billiam Spearshakes? Maybe. It's either, isn't it? It's either a story that has predicted what's happened or this story has adapted to the story that happened in real life. Or... He read it and was like, I want to be in that story. And then he lived it out. Mm, magic books. Um, mm. Anyone is welcome to make intelligence checks. Mm. I mean, I'm going to make an intelligence check, but I'm not very intelligent. Yeah, same. I got an unnatural 20. 14. Oh, a natural nine. Well, no, I mean, an unnatural nine. Oh, <laughs> I got a natural 20 with a plus two. So, 22. So, everyone apart from Dax. (laughs) um, (laughs) Everyone apart from Dax is able to put the pieces together and correctly surmise. And also, given what Janusia told you in the carriage on the way here, that the play is like an interpretation of events that have actually happened to Eren Quill. Janusia did tell you in the carriage that um, Rillia was the one who um, recruited Errant mm. into the Harpers. So that adds up to the story of Vargan as well. And also, she did. Janusia did mention the dagger. 
um, and a cut across Aaron's face, yeah. which happens in Act Two. So yeah, you're able to discern that the play is a retelling or dramatization of Aaron's life before he was changed. Cool. Okay. So my theory is that um, so that like he read the play and he was like, I want to live this out, and then so he then started living his his life like in like trying to be in the like the play. No, it's more like the other way around, Dax. Yeah. What? Mums puts the mage hand over Dax's mouth and turns to Act Three. Oh no! <laughs> Childline. <laughs> Dax speaks psychically in Mum's head, like, "Stop it, Mum!" Gosh. Now, Dar, as you seem very confident on reading this book, you can read Act Three with voices. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mum. Um, Act Three. Does that say Vargan? Yeah. 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 Vargan, um, oh, I'm so powerful now, that's what he says, um, he's basically, looking at it, right, it looks like he, he gets more powerful, uh, he's using his talents in magic and espionage to, to take down corrupt kings, look, it says kings and mages, he goes, ah, I have killed all of the kings and evil mages, see? That's what he's doing. That was a rubbish voice. Shut up, Dax. Keep going. Anyway, he's like become a whole legend and stuff. Um, uh, not just in the Harpers, but everyone knows him apparently. Um, but look, oh, you're so cool. Everyone loves you. This isn't well written, Mum. <laughs> um, anyway, Vargan, he stayed. He looks like he's staying humble. He believes that he's just doing his duty to protect others. Um, and look, there's this whole scene here uh, at the climax of the play that Vargan is battling an archmage who's just, the archmage has turned evil by an ancient crystal touched by the evil god Cyric. It's very well written, this bit, because it just says, ah, fighting an evil archmage, you've turned evil after being touched by an ancient crystal from the evil god Cyric. That's what that says. That stage direction um, just says they fight. That's not a good stage direction at all. <laughs> well, it's it's open for interpretation. Like, not every actor and director like, or whatever is going to have the same budget, like, are they? Sacred flame and like... But what if you've not only got a magic Keep anyway? going, keep going. Let's get to the end of the story. Anyway, so Vargan defeats the Archmage, uh, but prolonged contact with that crystal corrupts him, uh, convincing him that his former allies are also too powerful and must be eliminated. So that's what turns him evil, is being touched by a crystal. Oh. Um, so it says, The Harpers devise a solution to prevent Vargan from hurting anyone whilst they develop a cure, and the solution is to banish him to a demiplane. So, the book, assumedly. And then it ends with this short monologue by, by a Harper wizard who befriended Vargan years ago, who we think might actually be Rillia. And it says that though Vargan's ultimate fate is still unknown, the day will come when light will banish darkness. And then there's that line right at the end. Uh, Lift up our light to reveal what is hidden and banish the darkness forever. So Vargan was corrupted by a crystal that was from an evil mage and then he turned evil and then he got locked in a book. So really you locked him in a book? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Harpers, it is. Um, Dar- Daryl, do we know of the evil god Cyric? Do we know if it is a real god or is an allegory for a god like the um, other characters? Um, make a history check. 
I mean, it all sounds plausible, really, doesn't it? Natural one. Oh. <laughs> sounds like a cool story, bro. It doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ray's going to lift up the book. Um, the words that say we lift up the light to reveal what is hidden and banish the darkness forever. She's kind of going to lift it up so it's closer to the candlelight to see if, uh, and maybe like hold up the page to see if there's anything she can see through the page by it being in the light. You hold up the book and you don't see through the page, but some words appear that you swear were not there before at the very end of the play. And you see the words Harper's at Twilight appear just below the final line of the text. Is that the sequel? Um, just to annoy Ray, Dax puts the candle out and reignites it several times using prestidigitation while she's trying to look. <laughs> Dax! Look! Uh, what? Is this going out? Stop it! Stop it! The there's some words come up. I, She says them out loud. Harper's at twilight. There is a... Everything goes dark. And all of a sudden there's a rush of colours. Lots of dancing lights. It's like Bill and Ted. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you feel like pulling, rushing, you're speeding. And then it all stops and you are stood in a leafy green village huh? all of you all of you around the table are stood in a leafy green village the style of the people's clothing is much different than the town whereas in port garvey you saw like sailors and in calendar keep you saw people who looked very very bookish and like studious. these look like simple villagers wearing simple clothes and yeah it's a bright sunny day uh, the temperature is different to um, the citadel you were just in there's a crowd around you. A little crowd. Just like 10 people who have stopped and they're gawking at you, staring at you. Like, oh gosh, there's, there's more there's more visitors. Oh, look at that. There's a few people. Oh gosh, they just appeared out of nowhere. What, 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 what's this? Hi. Hello. Hi. They speak. They speak. Oh my gosh. Uh, uh. I will just message into one of their heads psychically. Yeah, we speak. <laughs> the, the woman you yeah, message you, you like screeches drops to the floor she drops all her vegetables like oh they got magic they they got magic they do just like just just like master quill they they've, they're magic just like him oh. yes we do you should take us to him straight away yes yes take take us to master quill yeah. yeah do you have business with master quill what brings you here business with master quill yeah i see well, Master Quill is having a ball tonight, as it so happens. Oh. Everyone in the village is, is invited. So, um, I'm, I'm sure if you want to meet Master Quill, uh, there's an open invitation to everyone in Wisteria Vale. And um, you can just go. Yeah, that's why yeah, we're here. The ball. Yeah. The ball. Right. Do you have wine at the ball? Um, <laughs> yes, there shall be drinks and refreshment at the ball. He can't have wine. Only beer. Oh, mum said I could have wine. You're not the boss of him. Yeah, Dax, you can have mom wine. Mum said I could have wine. Are we going to be, like, dressed appropriately for this ball and what we're in now? They look, look you over and say, look, there's no judgment in this place. I'm sure Master Quill won't be looking down upon your clothing. You come as you are. That's, 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 that's Master Quill's way. Insight check. That sounds like they're being mean about our clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I also would it. like to know, is this, a le- clothes. is this a leafy village uh, 
where dragonborns are around. Um, I'm aware we've come from quite a cosmopolitan place. Um, you can insight check the people's reactions to see like how they're taken to you, but like I yeah, no, no, it doesn't. Yeah, I just wondered like what the makeup of the village was. They all human. Well, the makeup of the village is like it's very it's very small. Um, I mean, like from where you're stood, you're kind of like in the center of the village. Just to the west, you can see some farms, um, some crops, mm-hmm. um, people working in the fields. To the east of you is like a marketplace. You know, people in stores, very simple, vegetables, flowers, um, some handmade clothing. To the far west of you, um, it's, it's just trees, as far as you can see. Mm-hmm. Uh, massive tree line. In fact, the whole village is surrounded by trees. You get this in, right in the middle of a forest. And um, just to the north of you, up a hill, is a mansion. It's a manor. Is that where the ball is, villagers? Oh, yes. Um, Master Quill is holding a ball in his mansion. That's his house. That's cool. Yes, it's... it's. Oh, well, he... Uh, that place was, is his, yes. Well, what's he like? Is he nice? He's the loveliest man. He's so welcoming, so kind. Very protective. Things have been a bit strange lately, but... Uh... Insight check. <laughs> Insight check. Yeah, go for it. And David wanted to roll the inside as well. Mm-hmm. I rolled a 17 altogether. And what are you looking for, David? I'm trying to see how honest these people are being. Uh, just because they, they said, oh, don't worry about your clothes. Um, and I just don't know whether or not they are They're saying nice things. Are they being... What are they hiding? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, what are they hiding? Okay. I'll answer Vicky's first and then come back to you. Mm. I rolled a seven. Seven. So what I, I wanted to know if they were like, um, I mean, it's irrelevant because with the seven, I'll never know. But what I wanted to know was if they're sort of under the the charm or the the sort of the spell of Errant Quill rather than like, are they in control of their own thoughts? But yeah, I rolled a seven. So it was very low. I see. Well, what you get is that they're the loveliest people. They seem a bit un- slightly surprised by your sudden arrival and... There aren't anyone that looks like you around here, but they're just happy to welcome new people and mm-hmm. you know, maybe share a bit of their day with it. They seem very welcoming. In fact, you see other villagers like helping the surprise lady off off, off the ground. <laughs> um, Dar. Yeah, similar thing. They've been completely honest. They, they just seem really nice. Mm. However, what you do notice is that um, as the villagers are helping the surprise woman off the ground, you hear this slight clicking noise from um, the people moving around. It's like... Kind of like that. Um, as they brush each other off and they walk off. Do we all hear the clicking? Um, no, only Dar. Ah. Sidle over to Ray. I'm just saying... Don't trust them. <laughs> Why? They're clicking. As you, as you say that, as you whisper over, you hear this kind of like grumble, and it is a voice you all hear in your mind, like this growling. <sighs> Newcomers into my domain. And as you hear those words, the clouds darken. Oh. Thunder rumbles. Oh no. And you look up to the sky and you think, it's going to rain, right? But nothing comes. The air doesn't get any heavier. You see lightning flash in the distance, but no rain. 
newcomers in my domain, they shall not interfere. And I think we'll leave it there for this episode. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, Dax lets out a nervous thunderclap by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> What was the final line? Newcomers into my domain. They, they shall not, not interfere. interfere. They shall not interfere. You have been listening to Daryl Bailey as your dungeon master, Vicky Gaskin as Rocks, David Knight as Dar, Grace Kelly Miller as Ray, and Ben Galpin as Dax. Original music by David Knight. The Tale of Wisteria Vale by Kiana Shaw. Thank you for listening to No Small Roles. Anon for now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.